One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. So um, let me start by saying this. Um, how many of you had a rough time getting here this week? Yeah, maybe, maybe some warfare. Um, that's kind of normal. Um, anytime the, there's going to be breakthrough in your life, there's always a battle, right? Amen. There, there's no such thing as an easy Christian walk. It's, it's actually the battle is evidence of you relying on the Holy Spirit and, and becoming supernatural through the Holy Spirit, right? And so, um, you know, as I was preparing this week, uh, I started to ask the Lord a couple questions. And I was asking the Lord a couple questions. Um, you know, I typically fast. Um, how many of you do water-only fasts? And anybody? Do I got any takers? Have any takers? <laughs> um, and my experiences with water only fast are that you know Jesus said those who follow me right my disciples will fast and pray right mm-hmm. it's not if it's you will mm-hmm. and so that became a lifestyle for me anytime I'm going to a new place I want to hear what the Lord is saying about the people and what he wants to do and so I was all geared up on Sunday to start <laughs> to start a fast to, to come up here and as I uh, was going into prayer on Sunday night the Lord the Lord uh spoke to me, and, and uh, he said, um, did you ever do a laugh fast? <laughs> a, la- a, a, fast a fast that consists of only laughing. And you may, <laughs> you may, you may think, well, that's kind of weird. I never, I never heard of that. But how many of you know that on a day of Pentecost, um, all they did was laugh, and a, 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 a people that crucified Christ suddenly became intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen? Yes. And so laughter and embrace of the, of the Spirit um, is actually how you become supernatural, right? Um, and, and, you know, laugh, laughter may be something that you may not um, understand or have never seen it, never, uh, <laughs> never um, embraced. How many of you have been in meetings or places where holy laughter broke out? Okay, so about half of you. Um, so, yeah, so, so laughter, laughter is a, is a normal thing, right? Laughter is actually one of the evidences or the outpourings of the spirit. Amen. 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 And so, um, you know, so I, I literally would go into prayer the last, uh, you know, three, four days and I just started to laugh, man. And I don't know if you've ever gone through seasons or, or things like that, but when the, Lord, when the Lord wants to release laughter over a people, it's because He wants you to be so undone in the Holy Spirit that, let's just call it what it is, limitations of the world, personal lives and problems you're dealing with, uh, church politics, uh, political environments you're in, none of that matters because you're intoxicated, Amen. right? The world got changed because... About 120 people in an upper room got intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. You with me? Yes. And so, um, 
When was the last time that you intentionally went into prayer to get intoxicated? Do I have any takers? Does anybody have a mindset that Pentecost is mine and I can go into my upper room in my morning prayer life whenever and I can call and pull on the Lord in a way that intoxication, it's, it's my birthright. Amen. Anybody have a revelation that Amen. being overcome by the Spirit is your birthright? Amen. Amen. Yes, your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, unusual in that sense. Um, I believe in, in the, the fullness of the Spirit. There is nothing um, that God can't do. Um, and there's nothing that God can't fix. There's nothing that God can't uh, heal. Um, he took, he took a, a people on the day of Pentecost uh, who were absolutely part of the crucifixion, right? And through His mercy and grace, He pours out His Spirit. And they are literally uh, undone in the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. In fact, Peter had to stand up and say, Hey, no, 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 they're not drunk as you suppose. They're intoxicated with the Holy Ghost, right? This isn't wine. This isn't a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing, Amen. right? So who intentionally goes into your prayer room with an intent that I'm getting intoxicated today and not re- leaving this room? Come on, Jesus. you got to step it up. Anybody want to try right now? Yeah. Yes, Say, this with me. Say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. If you did it on Pentecost. If you did it on Pentecost. If you did it on the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you did it on the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I know you can do it right now. I know you can do it right now. Intoxicate me. Intoxicate me. With the presence of God. Presence of God. It is my birthright. It is my birthright. I refuse nothing less. I refuse nothing less. I want. I want my inheritance. Your presence, your presence is my inheritance. You are the one who makes me the gate of heaven. Releasing laughter, deliverance, deliverance, healing, the power of the Holy Ghost to the world. So right now, Holy Ghost, come on. Come on, Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. Come on, come on, you know you're not allowed to have any heavy jump in here. I command a heavy jump to go ahead and say, Come on, come on, if your heart has to be open, I didn't even make it to the Lord is saying to you today. Woo! Come on, come on, Holy Ghost. Woo! Woo! Come on, I'm not leaving, Lord. Thank you, I didn't came to be politically driven, to be a victim, to be downtrodden. I came to my inheritance. Man coming. That's ours. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! You see, when you have this, when you have this door open, no man can can break you. No man can limit you. No man can can over overwhelm you. No situation can break you because I know the one who overcomes all things. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You see, I, I know this God who had 3,000 people under the law 
that were consumed in judgment. But somehow in his mercy on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 are brought into the supernatural. And they became so supernatural that the world thought they were drunk. (laughs) Come on, man. The law can't save you, but the Holy Ghost can. There's nothing about the law that can save you, but the Holy Ghost can. Jesus Jesus said, stay in this city until I baptize you with my baptism. Right? So repentance is not his baptism. Repentance is an actual need of the one who saves you. And Jesus Christ baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire. You with me, church? Amen? So do you live in your birthright? Do you live in your birthright? You see, when that thing you know, comes at you at 5 a.m. and you just feel this fear, you start to shake, right? You roll over and say, not today, devil. That's right, I'm saying. Not today, devil. And you just push and push and push until you get intoxicated. Amen? Come on, who dealt with depression, anxiety, or fear this week? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Come on. Do it with me. Say, fear, leave me now. Fear, leave me now. Depression, leave me now. Depression, leave me now. Despair, leave me now. Despair, leave me now. My birthright is holy laughter. That I may intoxicate the world. Amen. Amen. So here's the deal, guys. Um, I got to ask you the question again. When was the last time you intentionally went into prayer to get intoxicated? To be overcome by the Spirit. (laughs) All right, everybody, you have a phone. Get out your calendar. I want you for the next, like, four weeks to put intoxication every day with the Holy Ghost. With a reminder, I want it to ding. I want the alarm. I want the whole thing. 6 a.m., whatever your prayer time is, set it. Intoxication. 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 Amen. Oh my gosh. So here's the, here's the deal. If you understand the picture of Pentecost, the encounter, right? The encounter produced, it says in, in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, it says that the encounter, the tongue of fire, the baptism of fire, came upon them. It says they prayed in tongues, they prophesied, and they became intoxicated. A lot of people talk about the tongues part, a lot of people talk about the prophetic part, but I want to talk to you tonight about the pattern of being supernatural to the world. Because there's many people that pray in tongues that aren't intoxicated. Okay? The intent is that you pray in the Holy Ghost till you get the vision of the Lord, right? That's how that's that's the pattern of of getting what the Lord is saying, right? You pray you pray in the Holy Ghost, the vision of the Lord comes to you, prophecy comes, but prophecy is not just supposed to be words, it's supposed to release a presence. It's supposed to release an intoxication. Right? people say, well, I've been prophesied over before, but like when you prophesied over me, why did I shake? Why did, why, why, was, why did a demon come out of me? Because the presence of God comes upon the word of the Lord, right? Yes. The, pre- the presence of God actually um, is, is a supernatural force that is just as powerful as the vision itself. It's actually evidence of the, of the vision being from the Holy Ghost, Right? So you, baptizing people in the Holy Ghost, casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, is a product of you not only 
um, setting your life to pray in the Holy Ghost and get the vision of the Lord, but to become so intoxicated with His presence that you actually impart His presence. Yes. Okay? So, Pentecost was actually about the presence of God being so profound that the world couldn't recognize them as simple men. It over it overcame the world. Amen. Right? And so, <laughs> right? Yeah. Amen? So, um, you're, you're supposed to be peculiar. You're supposed to be a little bit weird. You're supposed to be something that's not recognizable. Right? You're not supposed to fit in. Right? Um, <laughs> so tongues leads to prophecy. Prophecy leads to intoxication. Intoxication changes the world. So I got to ask you the question again. If you're not intoxicated, why are you not intoxicated? <laughs> why, is, why did anybody never ask you, are you drunk on wine? No, I'm drunk on the Holy Ghost. Why are you so happy? I'm, I am so undone in the Holy Ghost that I can't stop laughing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, 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 like a lot of you know my story. How the you know the Lord came to me in a dream in 2015 and and said that a man from India will call you um, and you're to go. Um, and when I got up seven days later, a man from India called me. No, no, I knew nobody. I had no connections. I knew nothing other than the Lord said somebody would call you and I was to go. So I didn't even check him out. Didn't even know if he was a liar. Didn't know if he was real. All I had was a word from God. And I start sending money overseas to this guy because that's what you do when you preach in a third world country. You have to, you have to supply the funds, right? You, you're the one paying to go preach. Completely opposite from America. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I actually pay to go preach places, and I'm <laughs> don't get me started. But here, here's <laughs> but here, here's the deal. I, I've seen I saw a lot of I've seen uh, I've seen de- the dead raised in India. I've seen the deaf mutes hear and speak. I've seen the blind see. I've seen um, thousands. I've seen over six thousand pastors who were. Um, zero Holy Spirit guys, Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, you can go through the denominations, they're there. Over 6,000 pastors get baptized in the Holy Spirit in India, okay? So the, the purpose and intent of uh, recognizing um, the call of God um, is that no matter how limited people are in their religion um, or what they believe, the presence of God opens up people's hearts and allows people to lay down their doctrines, the lies, and everything that keep them from being intoxicated. Okay, because the go- the goal, my goal, is that uh, prophecy leads to deliverance and intoxication in, in the presence of God. Okay, and so in this uh, in this, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story in in uh, in this one particular um, event. Um, I was doing a pastors' conference. There's a couple hundred pastors in this uh, in this city of. Uh, it's called Viziana Garam. You won't remember that, but it's it's in the the north uh, east part of India, and um, <clears throat> I had this dream. Okay, 
I, and typically, I don't preach. I don't, I don't go anywhere and do anything without the Lord speaking to me. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to get to what the Lord spoke to me about with, with this, these meetings today. But um, I had this meeting, okay? And so the Lord, the Lord comes to me um, in a dream at night. And um, Jesus is walking me down this hotel room, in, in, down, down a uh, walkway um, in, in a hotel room. And he opens a door. And I see a dead man laying, laying on, on the bed. And he asked me, and he says, can these bones live? And I said, yes, Lord. And, I, and I, commanded, I commanded life to come into this guy. And the guy gets up, okay? Jesus walks me down the hall, opens another door. There's a dead man. And he says, can these bones live? And I said, yes, Lord. I prophesy over, over the dead man. He, he, come, he comes to life, okay? So I get up. Okay, I know what the Lord wants to do. Okay, so I so I go I go into um, um, you know the, the they pick me up they take me into the, the the church the place where we were doing the pastors conference and I started I started uh, you know telling the dream and as I'm telling the dream um, and and putting context to what the Lord wants to do um, how many I, I asked the I asked the question how many of you guys know the Holy Spirit are baptized in the Holy Ghost pray in tongues prophesy dream his dream and have his vision and like nobody raises their hands so I start to preach about the Holy Ghost okay and all I can tell you is what was supposed to be like a three hour window of, of meetings turned into an all day event I literally started preaching at ten a.m. and I wasn't finished till the sun went down and this is the way it went. I would, start, I would start to prophesy over individuals. They would get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and groups of, groups of men would stand up and start praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay? And this, my interpreter, he's sitting beside me. He's sitting there, and he starts to laugh. He starts to shake, and my interpreter falls out. Okay? That's one of my goals. My interpreter has to fall out. Okay, and so and so is there anybody else? So they, they, they all the all the Indian guys are getting together. He's the best English guy. So they said so, so they bring up the, the other guy. He's interpreting for me. An hour later, he falls out. Okay, holy laughter is 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 in the room. People are on the floor, can't stand up. I'm prophesying over individuals, um, and and I went through probably five or six interpreters that day because they would preach for 45 minutes to an hour with me and interpret and the Holy Spirit would come over them and they would, they would fall, they would fall out on the floor. Okay. And you may say, well, shoot, I don't see that in America much. Why not? Is anybody here drunk? (laughs) So I have to ask the question again. Do you get intoxicated with the Holy Ghost so so profoundly that you get His vision and you know what the Lord wants to do, who He wants to talk to, who He wants to minister to, who He wants to pour out His Spirit to? Amen? Because if He gives you a vision, He's going to execute it. Yes. Right? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. The, the Scripture in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond branch. And the Lord says, uh, absolutely, Lord, um, or absolutely, Jeremiah, I will execute what I let you see. So I'll go back again. You get touched by the Holy Ghost. Tongues comes upon you. Tongues are an unction for the Spirit praying through you, crying out to the Lord for the intent that you would be able to interpret what the Lord is saying to you. You get a vision, right? You get a vision so that you can impart the Lord's vision to the world, to the people, so that they would be intoxicated. Yes. So that they would be undone in the Holy Ghost. They would be so profoundly touched by the Holy Spirit that, you know, no, nothing could, could, nothing could stop them. 
Right, Kirk? Yeah. No matter what kicked you off your horse, no right. matter what broke your legs and arms, nothing could stop you. Because it's Jesus putting you back on a horse. Right? Amen. You with me, church? Yeah. If I can just get his vision, if I can just get his vision, if I can just get his vision, right? So there's this, there's this relational dynamic that I'm pushing with you is you are so in love with the Holy Ghost that you center your life around the Holy Ghost to the point where you know you need to be overcome and intoxicated by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life, right? Yes. The Spirit gives life. 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 Amen? So you get intoxicated. You, you, you pray. You get the vision so you can intoxicate. Amen? Amen. 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 So I said all that to get to the point of, um, I'm, I'm going to read this vision that the, that the Lord gave me um, for you guys, because I believe the Lord wants to give you, many of you, your voice back. Amen. <laughs> the Lord wants to give all of you your voice back, okay? The scripture, the scripture says this, and I believe, and, and, and before I say this, I want you to know, I love the church. I'm actually sent to the church. But until the church gets um, re-centered on the voice of God, yeah. right? And there's yeah. a lot of people that use Scripture. The Pharisees actually use Scripture led by the wrong spirit, right. right? The book of James actually says the devil knows the Scripture, right? So it's, it's the intent of what the Holy Ghost wants to do, right? It's the intent of what the Spirit, how the Spirit wants to give life. And so if you don't have your voice, if you don't prophesy and flow supernaturally in the prophetic, you've been lied to. You've been, something took something from you. Some, something, something stole your voice. Because when Paul talks to the church, he, sa- he says this in uh, First, or, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesy. Amen. Right? Amen. Tongues edifies yourself, but prophecy edifies the church. Yes. Right? What does the Lord want to do with this body? Right? And so, I actually believe that the prophetic voice of God is the centerpiece of the church, right? Yes. yes. It's not Scripture. Amen. That's right. Now, don't shoot me. That's a touchy point for a lot of people. I believe the Bible is 100% true. I've read that Bible. I know that Bible. I, I, I'll, go, I'll go back and forth with any of you on the Bible. I know the Bible. But what the Bible revealed to me is this one called Jesus Christ, who I worship and baptizes me with a supernatural power that cannot be stopped. You with me, church? Cannot be stopped. Because I believe this, the very first thing the Lord said in Genesis 1, the light spoke into the darkness. Yes. The direct voice of God spoke into the darkness. And the light could not be stopped. The darkness actually fleed. Right? Is that, is that good English? Fled? But the Lord wants you all to have, to know Him so profoundly that His voice flows through you. Yes. That's, that's, what, it, that's, what, has, that's what has intoxicated me. I became, I fell so in love that the, with this God who would come talk to me every morning or in the, in the middle of the night when he wanted to wake me up or whenever I wanted to talk to him. And vision after vision, after dream, after dream, after conversation, after conversation, after trust uh, dynamic, after trust dynamic. I know that if my Lord speaks to me in vision, something supernatural is going to happen. Yes. Amen. So how many want their voice back? 
Some, some of you are at certain levels in the prophetic, and the Lord wants to open up the floodgates of the prophetic so that no matter where you walk, Walmart, Kmart, you guys still have a Kmart around here? Target, it's now Target, right? No matter where you walk, it's like, oh, the Lord's saying this. Oh, the Lord's saying this. Oh, the Lord's saying this. Amen? And so i got to share this vision with you, and we're going to talk about some of the things that limit you in, in, in the flow of the prophetic, okay, or your value of the prophetic. Because a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of people that believe in the prophetic, but your value because of what you've doctrinally been taught is that pr- the prophecy is an optional gift when it's actually the direct voice of God that is supposed to lead and direct the church. It, it, it's supposed to equip the supernatural and bring deliverance to the captive, heal, heal the brokenhearted, right? break the chains it's supposed to do the supernatural through the body not this big pastor guy standing in a pulpit but the body being made supernatural point to your neighbor and say that's you right that's you (laughs) that's you and you and you and you and you (laughs) so here's the vision and then we're going to talk about what the lord is saying to us okay Okay, so I'm sitting, the Lord, the Lord often talks to me from this place in the clouds where uh, he has positioned me on this perch as an eagle. And he, he, he talks to me in this place, okay? And so I'm sitting on this perch in the clouds and suddenly I look down to earth and I see an angel gathering parrots. We'll get to parrots here in a minute. The angel then flies upward to where I'm uh, positioned in the clouds. The angel sits about 30 parrots <laughs> beside me on the pearl perch all they did was repeat each other you know how par- parrot talks <laughs> Polly wants a cracker right Polly wants a cracker okay <laughs> you guys don't repeat each other right you don't repeat everything your pastor says just to look holy or righteous or mm-hmm. sorry just we're meddling early there um so the angel sits about 30 parrots beside me on the perch. They start squawking, probably want a cracker. They just repeat each other. Um, so I lifted my right leg, and I, I, they were irritating me. So I was, gonna, I was literally going to knock them off my... I was like, get out of here with that junk, right? But the Lord, uh, <laughs> the Lord prompted me, and he, he, said, he said, don't do that. You're supposed to prophesy. You're supposed to prophesy. So I watched every morning um, as I'm prophesying over these parrots, and I watched every morning um, as this angel would bring me water, oil, and wine, okay? And I'm drinking water, oil, and wine, and the parrots were like, um, we don't have any food. Our seed is on the ground. Can we have some of your water, oil, and wine? Okay? Some of you are getting a picture. Seed falls on the ground. Water, oil, and wine come, come from above. Right? We'll get to what that means here in a second. Okay? So the parrots start drinking the water, oil, and the wine. And I'm watching every day as these parrots start being transformed. They start popping, you know, an eagle's beak. And they start popping talons out and all this stuff. They start being transformed because they're drinking what I'm drinking. Okay? All right? And so suddenly as I'm watching these parrots, these four angels, these four angels line up beside me. Okay, and they're in order. Okay, these four angels appear in front of me in the following order. First, the angel carried the first angel carried a live barracuda, 
that had the name political spirit written on it. Okay? The angel held the barracuda in front of me uh, to eat, so I started ripping the barracuda apart with my talons and started consuming the barracuda, and I started sharing the barracuda with the parrots. And I noticed that as I ate the barracuda, the political spirit, I started to grow, and the, and the parrots started no longer looking like parrots. They started literally being transformed into eagles. Okay? The next angel was holding a great white shark that was also li- uh, desperately trying to get away from the angel, but it had, it had the, the word Jezebel spirit mm. written, yeah. written on the side of the shark. So again, so again the angel... Um, Puts the, the, the uh, shark in front of me. I start ripping it apart, consuming its flesh, sharing it with the, with the parrots. Everybody grows, okay? Again, the third, uh, the third angel was holding a very large electric eel, which had lightning coming out of it and had the name Religious Spirit written on it. Again, I start ripping the, the, the eel apart with my talons, consuming it, sharing it with, with, the, with what now are young eagles, and they begin to, to grow even faster. And then the fourth, the fourth uh, thing that the fourth angel held in front of me was an octopus. And it had the, it had the word witchcraft written on it. Yes. Okay. So, I, so again, I start ripping this thing apart with, with my talons, start consuming the, the, the flesh. And um, so as I'm sharing with, with uh, what are no longer parrots but young eagles, when we finish eating the octopus, like... I, like I've grown, everybody on the perch has grown, okay? And the parrot, there, there's nothing left that's evidence of, of the parrot. The parrots are all transformed into eagles, okay? And so I want to I talk to you about, first off, drinking, uh, drinking water, drinking oil, and drinking wine, okay? You guys good? Everybody Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a realm of deliverance, but it's going to be beyond personal deliverance today. It's about being delivered from false doctrines and systems that limit you. Because what limits you, the Holy Spirit doesn't limit any of you. You have to realize that, that if there's a limitation in your life, it's because you believe something of a limitation. And how many of you know the combination of the political spirit, the religious spirit, the Jezebel spirit, and witchcraft that weaves and connects them all together is designed to make you powerless. Okay? The church was never meant to be powerless. Jesus said this in, in, in Mark, Mark uh, 16. Go into the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe in my name. You will cast out demons. You will pray in tongues. You will take up serpents, meaning you will have authority over the demonic. Right? And you will lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. So the reflection of Christ is a church of power, yes. not, a, not a victim church, right? So you, tell your neighbor, you were born to raise the dead, heal the sick, pray in tongues, prophesy, and do every supernatural thing for the glory of Christ. Because Jesus came for a glorious bride. Amen? So, <laughs> so the symbol of water um, is, is actually a reflection of prophecy, okay? Prophecy is something that um, it's not an optional thing. It's a needed thing. Yes. You need to have the body prophesying over each other, okay? If the body's not prophesying over each other and speaking life into each other, 
You're, you're gathered as a community around what the Lord is saying to each other. What are you, what are you dependent upon? Right. You're dependent upon somebody else's seed. Right. You with me? Right. Yep. We'll, get, we'll get to that here in a second, but <laughs> seed is not what makes an eagle. And an eagle is a symbol of, of, of the prophetic, okay? Seed is, I mean, you know what a parrot, a parrot does, mm-hmm. right? Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker? They, they repeat what they hear. Parrots are clones, right? They are. They repeat what they hear, and they peck. They peck. They just walk around pecking, right? Well, that's a good word. Oh, I'll read that. that. That sounds good. I'll memorize that one. But no, no, what, what does the, what's the water flowing into you saying? What is the prophetic voice of God saying to you? Because the prophetic voice, what the Lord is saying to you in dreams and visions, is what will transform you from being a powerless parrot into a supernatural eagle. Right? Amen? Amen. Get in the picture? And so... Let's talk about this. So the oil. The oil is one of those things where, um, you know, Jesus said this in Luke 24, 49. He says, do not leave this city until I clothe you in the Holy Spirit. Right? right? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 there's a covering, right? The oil covers you. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the wine, Jesus said this in, in John chapter 20. Jesus walked through the walls, right? Jesus, right after the resurrection, Jesus walked through the walls. And he breathed on the Holy. He breathed on the disciples. He says, "Receive the Holy Spirit." Okay, but he wasn't finished. He said, "Receive the Holy Spirit," which is an internal thing, right? There's a, the, the wine. There's an intoxication in receiving the the Holy Spirit wine. But why did Jesus not stop if that was all you needed? That's right. He actually said in Luke, in Luke 24, "Stay here." Right? So, so you have this window. You have Jesus resurrected, walks through the wall, breathes on the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit, which is an internal forgiveness, right? There's a, there's a personal um, awakening of no longer being bound in sin, but being alive in Christ. But you're not finished. Jesus walks on the earth for 40 days, right? He ascends, and before he ascends, he says, Stay here. I'm going to send the promise of the Father. And you too will hear the voice of God the way I heard it over my ministry time here on earth. Right? So not only do you need the wine, you need the oil. Yes. You need to be clothed in power. So the Holy Spirit has to rest on you, but He has to also has to dwell in you. Okay? So you drink the water, which is the voice of God. You drink the, the wine, which is the renewing. He, he renews your identity, Right? Right, the first miracle, Jesus turned the water into wine. So if you hear His voice, which is the water, what's He's make, what's He making in you? He's making wine. He's making somebody so intoxicated with what the Lord is saying that you profoundly don't look the way you used to, because the voice of God spoke into some darkness in you and changed you. You became the wine of Christ. Yes. Right. Yeah. But you're not finished. You need to be clothed in power. Right. The oil. You need, you need to drink the oil, the equipping, right? The, the, the supernatural power that, that goes and follows you. Amen? Yes. Okay, so here's the deal. As we said, parrots peck the seed. They repeat what they hear, right? Polly want a cracker. <laughs> but eagles eat their enemies. 
Eagles hunt their enemy with an intent to kill their enemy. Jesus said this, love what is good, hate what is evil. What have many of you been trained to do in the church? Come on, come on. The the modern church looks more like culture that teaches humanism and tolerance and acceptance. Amen? Tolerance and acceptance just look like them, tolerate them. And the Lord says, I told you not to tolerate them. He actually said in Revelation 2 to the... the, Yeah, you tolerate Jezebel. I have this against you, church. You tolerate Jezebel. You let her do what she does. Right? So there's this, there's this thing, there's this revelation that, um, you, number one, you have to see your enemy mm-hmm. and you have to devour your enemy. Mm-hmm. If you think you don't have an enemy, you don't, if you think you don't have uh, something that is designed to uh, chain you, imprison you, break you, hurt you, wound you, keep you out of the will of God for your life, you're fooled, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the enemy is a hunter. But you know the one who hunts your enemy. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, the the drinking is an an aspect of being saturated with God's presence, God's voice, and His transforming power. Right? But the birds, the parrots, eat seeds that are are sitting on the ground. Okay? Dead words. Right? Dead words. Dead words don't transform people. Living Jesus said, out of your belly would flow living water. So if you receive living water, living water flows out of you. Prophecy flows out of you, right? So, So if prophecy equips you to flow into you, what are you equipped to do? You're equipped to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, baptize people, and hunt down um, people who are bound in darkness, bound in chains, bound in, in the, the imprisoning powers of evil, right? To change the world. So are you drinking? Are you drinking water? Who here is drinking water? Amen. Come on, tell me, tell me about your dream book. Tell me about the book that the Lord speaks to you and you write down your dreams. Tell me about the visions He speaks to you. Right, because if he's giving you vision, baby, he's oh my God, I feel it. I'm getting transformed. I am not going to be what he's what I was when he spoke to me. I am what he says I am. Amen. Amen. And so, so the water. If you hear, if you hear the voice, the water, you will become wine, right? And you will walk in this uh, this authority, this anointing. Okay, the anointing um, is something. If you if, the scripture that I referenced earlier about Jeremiah, when the Lord asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah responds and says, I see the almond branch, right? And the Lord says, you see well, for I'm ready to execute the vision, mm-hmm. right? So if you get the vision, all of heaven is going to pour out. So why would you memorize a whole bunch of scripture that is not what the Lord is intending you to become and put your time why would you not put your time in what the Lord is saying to you because one flow of water can change your life so profoundly yes. and set you on the path and you realize that you become voice driven and not what the American dead church has become which is powerless and I don't, I don't say that in a, in a mean way but 
It is what it is. If the church was alive, America would have supernatural signs and wonders yeah. coming down the street. Okay? Because I know this, uh, there, there's a story. One man, one woman set on fire in the Holy Ghost can shake a city, yes. can shake a, a region, can shake a nation, can, can set a whole group of people on fire. Okay? So I believe what the Lord wants to do today is get you so tilted in reliance on the water, the oil, and the wine that the barracuda, the shark, the electric eel, right, and, and the octopus, the, the symbols of your enemies, which, which, which have all of these doctrines that make you powerless, you, you have to recognize that's my enemy, I'm consuming it. I'm not tolerating it, I'm not letting it live. Amen. See, if you have a mindset, well, you know, the American church, are, judge not, lest you be judged. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Judge not, lest you be judged. That's not what, no. that's, that's not in the context of, no. G, when Jesus talked about judging your enemy and discerning your enemy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Love what is good, hate what is evil. So you have to put those in the right context. So if you are trained to actually be dumbed down and accept being numb and being a victim of your enemy, You'll never bring the judgment of Christ against it. Amen. Okay? You with me, church? Amen. And so, let's talk about the shark real quick. I'm gonna. I'm, I know I'm getting out of order. The political spirit was first, but you need to understand how important the Jezebel spirit is, and why the Lord wants you to be able to recognize it and consume it. Jezebel did two things: she either killed the prophets, or she castrated them and sat them at her table so that they could be a reflection of her and what she fed them. Okay? Right? Repeating what Jezebel says. Jezebel doesn't care about a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees repeating Scripture. What Jezebel fears is the prophetic. Yes. Je Jezebel and the prophetic are at, are at war. Okay? And if you accept a mindset that says, well, yeah, spiritual gifts are an optional thing. Prophecy is an optional thing. I don't really need to embrace the, the fact that Jesus wanted me to hear Him and I'm supposed to have a relationship with Him. I'm supposed to be supernatural. You will literally allow that spirit to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually because that's the intent of Jezebel. Right? To literally take the voice of God out of your life. Because if you don't hear the voice of God, the direct voice of God you will not be turned from water into wine. Amen. You will not be intoxicated. Amen. Okay? And if that Spirit can keep you in any way from, from searching after the Holy Ghost, relying on the Holy Ghost, hunting the Holy Ghost, expecting to be intoxicated in the Holy Ghost, then guess what? Guess what? What chance do you have? You are duped by a doctrine. You were duped into thinking that you didn't have a chance and the Lord didn't have anything to say to you. That's a lie from hell. Amen. Say this with me. Say in the name of Jesus. I want my dream. I want my dream. I want my vision. I want my vision. For this week, Lord. For this week, Lord. I want my dream. I want my dream. I want my vision. I want my vision. Every day. For the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. I expect. I expect that the water you speak. That the water you speak. Be turned into wine. Be turned into wine. That you'll transform me. That you'll transform me. That you'll make me a horseman. You'll make me one who prophesies. You'll make me one who prophesies. Heals the sick. Praise the, the dead. And cast out devils. Amen. 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 Say this. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
reveal to me in every way that I've been made a eunuch sitting at Jezebel's table eating her dead food in the name of Jesus. I don't want to be a parrot because the Lord says I'm an eagle. You have to know that Jesus wants you to prophesy. Jesus expects you to prophesy. Okay? Jesus desires that you all prophesy. Which means you have this supernatural relationship. Okay? And the reality is this. Many of you have grown up in many different denominations. You sat in places for years and even decades. And you have these doctrines pounded into your head that you've accepted and even tolerated. Well, that's not me. That's not me. I can't do that. I don't do that. I've never seen a supernatural thing, so it must not exist. Right? And those are, that's evidence of, of, a, of powerless food. That's evidence of ground-level seed. And the Lord wants you to be drinking the water, oil, and wine. Amen? Let's just talk a minute about authority. Where does authority come from? Right, so there's so there's an awareness and an authority that the Lord wants you to be aware of as a believer. He gives you authority. He restores the keys, all all keys. Right, mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus came out of the grave. Mm-hmm. It says in Revelation one eighteen that He holds the keys of sin and death, yeah. and He holds the keys of life. So Jesus holds all keys. If Jesus holds all keys of authority, how many keys does Satan hold? No. So how can He take your authority? Come on, no. Jezebel. Politics, inability, religion, eating seed that renders you powerless. You, have to, you literally have to become real with yourself today and say, if I'm powerless and I don't see these supernatural signs flowing in me, I've been duped. Come on, say it with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Quicken my heart. Quicken my heart. To recognize. To recognize. Where I've been duped. Where I've been duped. I want, I want my birthright. My birthright. I want your food. I want your food. To flow into my heart. Every day. In the name of Jesus. You see, authority is something that is voice driven. Yes, there's, there's a lot of people will say, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. And I've, I've ministered. I've even, I've gone to supernatural schools of ministry to um, deliver people bound in what I'll call being worn out spiritually. Yes. How many of you have heard doctrine that says, well, the Bible says you can heal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if the Bible says you can heal, well, you know what? I'm going to go into every hospital. I'm going to go into... Uh, down the street, and I'm going to pray for every person I possibly can. You know how productive that is? My guess is, and my experience is, you're probably about 20-30% of people getting healed. But you know what that leads to? That leads to you being worn out. You know why? Because, let me say this, a dead clock is right twice a day, right? The grace of God will work through you to heal a person. But that doesn't mean the Lord led you there to heal them. That's right. Authority comes from His voice. Amen. Romans 10, 17, it says that faith, which is the power of heaven, faith, comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The word word there is not the Bible. The word word there is the voice, the dream and the vision, the direction. You know what I do when I go to India? What are we doing when we go to this church, Lord? Boom, vision. What are we doing? We, I mean, I'll do six, seven churches in a day and a crusade at night. I'll preach 13, 14 hours a day 
And every time I go, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, woman with an issue of blood. Oh, demonized boy can't hear or speak. That's what you're starting with, and I'll do the rest. Okay? Yeah. And that may be, maybe you've never seen that. Maybe that's not something that you recognize a function. But until you set your heart to hear and trust, I didn't start out going to India. I started out laying in my bed, sitting in my prayer room and saying, where, where to, Lord? 7-Eleven. Where to, Lord? Walmart. Man in a red shirt standing behind aisle number three. And watch the Lord show up and shake a, shake a, shake a man, shake his family, get him saved. And you know what I learned? There's a lot of doctrine out there that is actually seed on the ground that looks holy and righteous because yeah. it's straight out of the Bible. Right. But the Lord didn't direct you in that moment in time to do what He wants you to do. That's right. And I learned that authority comes from the voice of God because if He shows it to me, He will execute it. Yes. It's not if. People say, well, why don't you pray for everybody in the room to get healed? Because He didn't tell me to. If He told me to, most of the people that get healed in my meetings... I know, put it this way, I know what I'm called to do. He sends me to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost and awaken people to the voice of God that they would hear His voice, pray in the Holy Ghost, and prophesy. I do that everywhere. But what I'm very sensitive to is all the other gifts of the Spirit. I don't flow in those gifts unless the Lord gives me vision and says, this guy, um, for example, I walked into a church one time, um, I'm prophesying over a woman, I see this dark cloud, um, this, this cancerous thing in her chest, and I said, um, I see this dark cloud in your chest, and you've been fighting it for a long time. And she, she starts to cry. She falls to the ground, and she stands back up, and she says, I've been fighting stage three, stage three lung cancer. Mm-hmm. I said, well, the Lord's going to heal you tonight. And boom, I, just, I prayed for her because I had a vision. Right. Okay? And so I come back to the church a month later, and she's standing waiting at the door for me to come in. Hallelujah. And she says, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. Are you with me, church? So where does your authority come from? The voice of God. The one who wants to speak to just the special people? No, he wants to speak to all of you. So if you know that he wants to speak to you, what's limiting you from knocking on his door and requiring him to speak to you? That's right. Amen? People say, how do you get so many visions? How does it flow out of you? You know why? Because in 2005 and 2006, I prayed and fasted for 50, 60, 70 days a year, water only, and beat on the door of the Lord and prayed for hours and all-nighters and days. Until he encountered me, until he took me to heaven, until he showed me things and imparted things to me that I couldn't do on my own. I, it's not me. Okay? And so I'm telling you, it starts out with an encounter. He gives you an opportunity to love his intoxication so much that you actually want to be intoxicated. Yes. Do you want to be intoxicated? Yes. Because if you want to be intoxicated, I guarantee you, three years from now, you will not look anything close to what you look like right now. There will not be anything that can limit you. There will not be anything that can bind you. There will be people around you that say, I can't even recognize who you are. Amen. What do you mean the Lord sent you to... To, to Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even hear Nova Scotia. Well, yeah, I said I went to Nova Scotia and I wrote this book and there's like a fire breaking out in Nova Scotia because he sent me there to do this, this, and this. Come on. Oh, yes. I went under the authority of Christ. Yes. Amen? Amen. 
Jezebel knows the power of a prophetic voice. And she will do anything with those other three spirits to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually. Thinking you're eating righteous religious food, but it's actually dead seed. Oh, I've got to memorize chapter 5 of Luke. Oh, I've got to memorize Leviticus 22. I just, I think that's the right one. Well, no, no, what, what did the dream of God tell you in the last Come week? Yeah, Amen. That's right. And all of a sudden you go to John 3.16, and he takes you to Jeremiah 3.16, and you get this revelation that Christ actually doesn't want you bound to the old covenant. He wants you bound to the living God. Amen. And you become supernatural because he broke you free of something that you couldn't Break yourself free from. Amen. Amen. How many? How many of you know Jezebel hides behind this concept of submission? Come on, man! It's littered throughout your churches. It's littered throughout your organizations. Submit, submit. If you don't submit, you're biblically out of order. Come on, there's people going to get deliverance from that very thing alone. Submit. If you don't submit, you're evil. You're you're ungodly. You're rebellious. Do you know what the context of submit means biblically? Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The word submit there is actually the word being positioned in honor. It's not the worldly picture of being a slave and doing whatever you're told by a guy in leadership. Come on, man. There's people going to have deliverance here tonight. Submission is being positioned to hear. Because the next part, the next part of the scripture, verse 25, this is Ephesians 5:25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the rhema. The rhema word. So as a husband, you know what my responsibility is? Prophesy. Babe. I see a broken thing, but the Lord says you're his bride. There's a diamond ring for you. He's putting a diamond ring on your finger. That's what what the picture of the church is supposed to be. You see, the first thing that people, when you bring new people into the church, is don't teach them scripture to conform. That's dead. That's seed. You're pecking seed. The first thing you're responsible to do is to prophesy the word of the Lord to them. The world says you're this, but the Lord says you're this. And you're introduced to the voice that literally causes a tremor in their heart. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, verse uh, 23, 4, and 5 says that when the new person comes into the church, that they will... The prophets, right, gather around and they speak the word of the Lord and they know, they literally fall and get up and say, surely God is in this place. Yes, yes. You see, if you're spending your time trying to philosophically convince people that Jesus is real, you missed it. You absolutely missed it. You don't have to convince people. You have to demonstrate the kingdom. Yes. Yes. Amen. Why would you spend your time trying to conform and argue with people under limitations? You know what I learned to do? 
Lord, what's your vision for that guy that keeps arguing with me about the fact that the Holy Ghost isn't real? How can we break him free? <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord says this to you, dude. The Lord says this to you, dude. And watch people stand and shake in front of you and weep as the vision actually breaks them free of, of, of their thought processes and limitations. Amen? Amen. With me, church? Yes. So how do you wash the bride? You prophesy. How do you wash the bride? You prophesy. How do you wash the bride? You prophesy. What are leaders in the church supposed to do? Prophesy. I don't care if you if you clean toilets. If you prophesy, you're a leader. No, it's it's for real. I mean, for real. Listen. Listen, the most powerful force in any organization, any place on the earth is the one who hears what the Lord is saying. The one who hears what the Lord is saying is the most powerful force on the earth. You know why the Lord sends me to to places? Because He wants people washed. Right? He wants people washed. He wants people to hear His voice so that they can reset their life and start over. They said you're this. But the Lord says you're this. They said this. But the Lord said you're this. Amen? My gosh, I mean, freedom's entering the room, guys. Amen? It's actually, you get equipped, you teach them to hear, and they go do a home group with a simple gospel. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you teach them to hear God, and you do what He says. Yes, amen. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know the fastest growing church in the world right now is in Iraq? It's not in the public setting because they get their heads chopped off. It's in living rooms where people get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they met the real Christ. They hear His voice, and they go down the street and say, this is what the Lord's saying, and the glory fills that living room, and then the glory fills another living room. Because people are encountering the real gospel. Yeah. The living Christ. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it's led by women. And it's led by women. <laughs> Did you see what's happening in Iraq? Right? Yeah. Women are standing up and taking off their 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 yeah. coverings and say, I will not submit to your Sharia law. I know a God that is bigger than you God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> If you are not, if, put it this way, if you are not doing supernatural things, you're dead. Amen. And I'm telling you that as a gift. Wake up. You've accepted a dead place with a dead doctrine that, what, that actually makes you think you're alive, but you're dead. That's what Jesus told the church in Revelation. You think you're alive, but you're dead. You've been castrated. You know what the concept of... of of castration is in the, in, in the spirit world is you lost your ability to reproduce. Right. You know what reproduces in the kingdom? The, the, the voice of God, the living seed, prophecy, yes. water, living water yes. should flow out of your mouth. You yes. should have what the, the voice of God sitting on your heart, yes. coming out of your mouth and releasing an intoxicating, delivering, powerful deliverance to the people. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Say this, I was born, I was born, I prophesied, I will accept, I will accept nothing less, nothing less. I will not sit, I will not sit in a dead place, in a dead place, because I was born, I was born, to use my gift, to use my gift, every day of my life, every day of my life, in Jesus' name. Great questions. Thanks for the questions, guys, because it's important that you recognize it. It's important that you acknowledge what's dead. 
It's important that you actually feel the unction of the Holy Spirit saying, uh, we're going to try a new thing. Uh, we're going to make you supernatural. Amen? Amen. But G- Jesus said this in the book of Revelation um, to the church of Thyatira. He says this, I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who has castrated you. Who has made you look righteous. Who has made you look the part. Good little, good little uh, boys and girls fitting in, submitting to a powerless system thinking that you're going to get fed, but you're actually get, getting fed ground seed instead of the water, the oil, and the wine. Amen. Don't tolerate it. He says, do not tolerate it. You're actually supposed to flow in His judgment. Do you know that? Verse, verse 22, it says that Jesus cast Jezebel into a sickbed. That, that actually means that Jesus came... Revelation 19 says this. That I I came uh, in righteousness to judge and make war. You're not supposed to tolerate dead things. You're supposed to actually say, that's a lie by the discernment of the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. Right? So a dead dead thing is not a lie. And if you don't judge it, you're going to let all your friends function under those mindsets? No. You're going to let all your friends... Submit to dead things? No, no, no. no. To, sit, to sit there as a castrated, oh, I got a position in a church, they call me prophet. No. And I can only prophesy what they agree with. Right. No. None of that. None of that. Prophesy what they agree with so they like me, they let me keep my position. That's right. No. That's a product of Jezebel. Come on. Oh, wow. it Just is. keep it short. <laughs> Just keep it short. <laughs> Just keep it short. You see, and here's the deal. A lot of you are dealing with anger. Amen. Years of anger. That's right. Because your gift was stuffed down, put in a box, put in a garbage can, and not allowed out, not allowed to use. You are devalued. Amen, Jesus. Wow. You were devalued. That's right. You prophetic people were devalued. Because if the voice doesn't lead the church, what's leading the church? Systems? Concepts, traditions. Traditions. Jesus said to the to the Pharisees, "You are blinded by your traditions." I am, baby. I'm getting fired up, baby, because the Lord is going to set people free in here. There are people who have beat themselves up and let the demonic powers beat you up because you were rejected. There is a war between Jezebel and the prophetic. And the few that break out have the power to change cities, have the power to change homes, have the power to change the dead. You just have to reset your mind on where you fit. It's like, Lord, I don't care what that is. I am not going to be a part of that. I'm going to be part of what you want me to do and where you send me. And I'm going to stay in my prayer room until you speak to me and tell me where to go because I'm not a dead man. Yes. I am not powerless. I am baptized in power. I was called to raise the dead, heal the sick, and baptize people in the Holy Ghost. I will not accept anything else. Amen? You guys are being delivered from principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, demonic doctrines that have kept you bound and limited and tolerant of dead things. No more. No more. Amen? No more. You see, it all works. Let's get to the barracuda real quick. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only got through one fish. One fish. One fish. 
See, here's the deal, the Barracuda, politics, politics weave perfectly in with Jezebel, right? Amen. Amen. Popularity, competition, who's accepted, who makes more money, who ties more. Come on, I'm touching on some, some harsh things here. Big tithers get bigger positions. Better submitters get better positions. Come on, church. How about this? Jesus, how many of you believe Jesus is red or blue? <laughs> how many churches has that split in the last two years? That's right. You know, Jesus doesn't come back for a nation. He comes back for a bride. Amen. He comes back for a people who are so in love with him that they change blue and red to re- reflect the kingdom. It's not about blue or, ki- or blue or red. It's about somebody so in love that you literally release heaven on earth. Amen. Because you're not limited and bound to a political spirit and a political concept. You actually are bound to the living Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus said this to Herod. Um, He gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed him and mocked him. That's Luke Luke 23.9. Jesus didn't... he, he, He didn't get in an argument with politics. That's right. Right? He recognized what politics was. And he did his job. Even as the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the cross. It wasn't religion and it wasn't politics that put Jesus on the cross. Although they did kill him, Jesus was led to the cross. Yes. You get the picture? It's the Holy Ghost that leads you into all things. Amen. And if you recognize politics, the concept of um, how, how Jesus dealt with politics is a pretty big deal. Okay? You have to, you have to understand the fact that Jesus didn't argue with politics. There's no argument politics. You, you walk away, you get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and you let the Holy Ghost deal with politics. You don't let it stop your relationship because politics will try to conform you and limit you and get you submitted to, this, to the organization because if you, leave the, if you leave it, you leave your covering, you're probably going to die spiritually. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because I've heard it a thousand times. If you leave your covering, my God, if you leave that immaculate organization, you're going to die. Can I tell you this? How did, how, did G, how, how did the Holy Ghost raise up supernatural ones? He took David to a desert. He took David to a cave. He took Elijah to a desolate place. He took Jesus to the wilderness. And he said, you and me are going to fight that devil. And whenever Jesus came out knowing the voice of God... Whenever David came out knowing the voice of God killing that giant. Whenever Elijah came out knowing the voice of God killing the, the prophets of Baal. Right? Yeah. There wasn't anything else that could, that could deceive him, limit him, or bind him. And you're, many of you are wondering why you have these weird feelings where the Holy Spirit is leading you out of the dead organizations into yeah. the unknown. Yeah. is because he wants to yeah. teach you his yes. voice so profoundly Amen. that you become so supernatural Amen. and dependent on his voice that you're not system and organization dependent. You are Holy Ghost dependent yes. who will raise yes. the dead, heal the sick, yes. and break through those Amen. dead things. Amen. 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 Come on, am I preaching yet? You see the electric eel. Let's get there real quick because I want to pray with you guys. We're probably going to go way past one just by the way. Um, (laughs) The electric eel religion looks powerful. It has an appearance of lightning, right? But it's earthly. It can't kill you, right? It's a false power. Jesus um, called the Pharisees who simply knew Scripture. He called them dead men. 
They knew what the American church calls seed. Come on. I know I'm touching on some things. The Pharisees knew what the Scripture said, but Jesus stood in front of them. In John John 5.38, He says to the Pharisees, You search the Scripture because you think you find life in it, but you can't see Me, the living Christ, standing in front of you. So they they turned the the Word of... They turned the Scripture into an idol and they became blind to the Spirit. They could not discern the living God. That's scary to me. Because many of you have been sitting in places where you've been taught for years to peck on seed, to peck on seed, to peck on seed. And you wonder why you get up in the morning and all you can do is go, Polly, want to crack it? Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Say this, say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Deliver me. Deliver me. From being a parrot. From being a parrot. Make me an eagle. Make me an eagle. In Jesus' name. You see, it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit so profoundly that He actually went to the grave and died willingly, trusting that the Holy Ghost would raise Him up. Yes. The seed only has life when the Spirit gives it life. Yes. Right? So when the Spirit takes you to a certain Scripture and says, give this guy the Scripture, guess what? The Spirit is oh, yeah. breathing on it's the Scripture. Right. Life Amen. is coming out of it. Right. Right? Right. Amen? Amen? And so the seed only has life when the Spirit raises it up. Yes. Right? So how, again, I'll go back to the, to the very thing I asked you at the beginning. Does your daily walk begin with an absolute expectation and dependence on the one who will intoxicate Amen. you and resurrect you. Yes. Because if you walk out of your prayer room, you walk out of your house dead, whose fault is it? Mine. Is that the Holy Ghost's fault? No. What's His intent? Pentecost. The Holy Ghost's intent is Pentecost. So if you're not walking in Pentecost, who's, whose fault? You believe in a lie? You're too lazy to get up and pray? You're too lazy to beat on His door? To want everything he has for your life? And this may be hard preaching for you, but I'm here in New York because I believe the Lord is bringing a death to an old thing so the Holy Ghost can resurrect a new thing. And you will not set your heart on the old dead thing because you know you're not parrots and you're not going to be a victim of systems that keep you dead, bound, and powerless just coming to be entertained by a man in a pulpit. You're going to gather in ways that are supernatural to pray for each other, bring deliverance to each other, and go out into the street and release the kingdom of God to to the world. Amen? You're going to get drunk. You're going to get absolutely drunk in the Holy Ghost. Right? Drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking so drunk in the Holy Ghost that you can't stop laughing. Like, did you ever see somebody so intoxicated that walk into a room and all of a sudden, oh, my God, pretty soon another person starts to laugh. What is that? Why do I, why do I not feel heavy and depressed like I usually do? Come on. Come on, man. Amen. Amen. Woo. And this is how witchcraft brings it all together. Witchcraft's intent. The whole book of Galatians is a picture of a father who went into the region of Galatia, birthed a church, birthed a people who followed the Holy Ghost, and then the Judaizers came in behind them and took them back to following laws, following routines, and, and, and 
dead structures. Submit to the covering that is upon you, or you die. And Paul, as a father, speaks to the Galatians. He actually says this in Galatians 3, who has bewitched you? Yes. That's a, that, that is a demonic design to make you seed-driven instead of life-driven, oil, water, and wine, right? Amen. Right? Yes. And again, I'm going to tell you again, I believe the Bible is 100% true. I've spent thousands of hours in that Bible, okay? I know, I know it, okay? I know it. But I'm telling you, Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay? And the intent of witchcraft is to use politics and religion with the intent of that Jezebel spirit keeping you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually, not using your gift, not knowing who you are. You just come and sit and be dead and powerless. Right? And many of you are angry. Many of you are so angry. You've been hurt by it. You've been wounded by it. Trying to try you can't a dead man can't recognize your gift. That's right. And you have to come to grips with that what you thought that you were gonna be part of a prophetic team or part of a prophetic group that was gonna hear God together and go do and go be supernatural. You gotta realize you were deceived into thinking you were gonna get life from something that's actually dead. Right? The true apostolic. You gotta get this wrapped in your head. The true apostolic is very simple. Paul goes into all the, the places where he went, Galatia, Ephesus, right? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Yeah. That's what he asked. Those are the first questions. And they, they say, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. Yeah. And he says, but were you baptized in Christ? <clears throat> were you baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost? Have you been made alive in Christ? Have you been made alive in Christ? What if the gospel was so simple that you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you come together, you pray together, you get strategy from the Lord on what you as a group are doing instead of depending on one man, right? The overlord. What if, what, 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 if, what if you actually gathered together and you literally released a new glory, a prophetic people, who were not dependent on single men, but the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers actually recognize the simplicity of the gospel. And all they do is foster the apostolic. Let's get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. Let's get them to hear the, hear the voice of God, and we send them. We get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. We get them to hear the voice of God, and we send them. And we trust that the Holy Spirit... Many of you are taught, oh, I have to sit under this guy for three years. Then I have to do everything he says. I'm going to mess up. I'm not qualified. Come on, baby. Those are lies. Those are systems. Those are dead systems. If Iraq can be experiencing a supernatural revolution because of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it's undeniable. You can't, you can't stop an outpouring. And it's simple. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the 20 people in the room have 20 living rooms. They get 20 more each, baptized in the Holy Amen. Ghost. That's, what is that, 400? Yeah. 400 people go yes. get people baptized in the Holy Ghost. They're, they're taught to hear the voice of the Lord. And they go get 20 people in their living room. What's my math on that? What is that, 20, 2,400? Is that right, 2,400? Or is that 24,000? Wait, that's 24,000. Right? Is that my math right? That's a zero. Yeah, 24,000. 
24,000 in three replications. Do you know why the world was shaken? Do you know why the world was shaken at Pentecost? Jesus didn't hand them a Bible and a bunch of rules. He gave them the Holy Ghost. Not only did he breathe life into them and say you're renewed, he actually said wait and he baptized them on Pentecost so they were clothed in power and they couldn't carry anything. Right? They were uneducated people. Only the educated in the synagogue had the Torah, the Old Testament, uh -huh. and the New Testament wasn't even written. They had no scripture. They, they knew one thing. Jesus is real and he baptizes people now and he shows himself and he sets you free. He teaches you to hear his voice, to trust one thing, and he sends you. Yes. Yes. So why have you bowed to the system that has made it so complicated? Amen. Preach yes. it. That's how witchcraft weaves Jezebel, politics, and religion all together with an intent to keep you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually to the very simplicity that the voice of God is the most powerful voice on earth. Right? Jezebel is... Uh, people have, been, have, have tolerated Jezebel. People in here are, are angry. People in here um, have carried rejection for years. Right? And I believe the Lord's going to set people free from a lot of this stuff. Amen? Amen. So let's do this. You see this? You see, parrots into eagles is a simple work of the Spirit. That you would actually um, have somebody release the presence of God into your life. Because once you experience it, you'll never go back. You'll never be part of a dead system again. Okay? And the reality is, you ha you've got, many of you, how many here has been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The vast majority of you, right? Has, does everybody here praise in the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes. Right? How many here pray, or how many prophesy? Ah, we're, we're talking to the right crowd. Yeah. Right? That's why this, I can't preach this message to a bunch of newbies. Okay? Only once you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and your eyes start to be open to recognize death and life and the intent of Christ to deliver you, heal you, set you free, and renew you. Um, only then, only then, only only when you say, that's dead. That's dead. Yep. That's a trap. And that's a lie. And I will not submit to the rejection that that thing puts on me anymore. Yes. Rejection in the church is a very real thing. It's painful. Yes. It hurts. It kills gifts. It kills identities. It kills the purpose of Christ in people. And I, I, believe, I believe what the Lord is, is doing in this hour is a supernatural thing. Amen. Yeah. I do more living rooms than I do churches. Amen. Okay? This is the church. And that, that's a great point. Amen. I, I guess what I'm saying is I do, I do more living rooms than I do organized structures, old school churches. And that all happened when, when I said yes to the Lord. Two years ago, I had a school... Uh, of the prophetic, the school of the Holy Spirit, had a bunch of pastors and, and uh, different churches in Toledo. We're getting people equipped, deliverance. We're doing a lot of what we're doing now. And all of a sudden, the Lord told me to stop it. And man, I was, I was a bit, what do you mean stop it? What is God going? Right? We're in Toledo a year, well, a year and a half. We're, we're rolling. I mean, there's pastors like Lutheran and, and um, zero Holy Spirit pastors. 
walking into the meeting, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, shaking on the floor, praying in tongues, and they get up and they say, what is that? And now there's two and three hundred member churches that didn't know the Holy Ghost breaking away from denominations and, and, and churches being transformed into supernatural places. Right? And I'm asking the Lord, what do you mean stop? And I said, all right. And so I, I, went, I went to the people where we were doing the, the organization, the church I was working with, and we stopped. Um, and as soon as, I, as soon as I was obedient to what the Lord was asking me to do, He says, I want you to now pray for two things. I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well and the man chained to the tombs. That's you. Yes. And as soon as I started praying that prayer and asking the Lord who he wants to set free, he started connecting me. People started calling me. I can't explain it. I obeyed because what was being birthed in Toledo, he wanted to be birthed in other places. So I firmly believe that this is not a one-time thing. This is not a mistake. That you are here by design. That the Lord is, is going to set many of you on a trajectory that is so supernatural because all the garbage that limits you and your own even expectation that what you want from the church that only God can give you, only the Holy Ghost can give you, is actually going to empower you to gather and expect a group of people like this to be your main life source and your main purpose, your main identity in Christ, working together to go do and value the simplicity of the voice that you would not become administrative. That when the people when but when the people start to overflow the, the doors um, and they can't fit anymore, that you actually start putting more living rooms together and the one the one mantra is don't you administrate this thing to the point of choking out the spirit. The spirit is actually your source of life That's and you right. value it. Right. Amen? Amen. 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 So who who in this room has been <laughs> in some fashion limited, bound, wounded, not valued? And I, I, I mean, I know I know the hands. I, I know some of you. Um, I know it's you. Okay? And that's why I, I believe this message is for you. Did, did it hit you? Yes. Did it hit you? Yes. Can we forgive the church? Amen. Because when you forgive the church, you're gonna, you're, you are no longer going to have an expectation in it. That's what forgiveness is all about. It's you. You had an expectation that was actually ended up in the opposite. You were somebody took advantage of your trust. They they hurt you. They wounded you. They didn't value you, and you end up carrying pain because you thought it was a safe place that actually took something from you. Wow. Amen. Amen. So say this with me. Say Jesus. Jesus. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to resurrect us into a new glory. We leave the old behind so that we can grab hold of the new. So that we can be that supernatural one that you call us to be. In the name of Jesus, every church leader, every organization that I put an expectation in that failed me, I forgive them. Redefine the church for me. 
I want to hear your voice. And I need your hunger. That I would expect to come into your presence with an expectation of being intoxicated. I will not live without intoxication, tongues, prophecy, and the new wine. Jesus. Jesus. You see, when you actually stop putting your expectation on what can't give you life. Come on, man, I'm preaching. <laughs> when you stop putting your expectation on something that can't give you life and you actually begin to draw from the from the living God. My God, your whole expectation, your whole life changes. Your whole life changes. <laughs> your whole life changes. I got invited to uh, there's a there's a twenty something group at this local church. It's it's uh, most of it doesn't embrace the Holy Spirit, and there's this young pastor that uh, he's all fireman, and uh, he says, "Can you come help me? I've got like thirty of these these people I call leaders, and he's got like a hundred people in his group already. It's grown like wildfire, and uh, this young kid's on fire. He says, "Can you help me get them baptized in the Holy Ghost?" And I'm like. Okay. Okay, baby. So I walk in the other night, Sean and I walk in, and uh, I start to talk about the Holy Spirit. Fifteen minutes later, all 30 people who didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit were actually taught the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Okay? They're literally on the ground shaking and crying and weeping and praying in tongues. All of them. Pentecost is breaking out in Riverview. Okay? I believe it with all my heart. Okay? I will not accept anything but Pentecost. So if you're going to hang around me, you better stop putting your expectations in dead things. And you start expecting the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So like right now, say this. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. This is my day of Pentecost. This is my day of Pentecost. I expect a new tongue. I expect a new tongue. I expect new vision. New vision. And I expect intoxication. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.